Well, it's time now for our latest instalment of Ligue 1 Legends with Professor Andreas Evagora, who today is going to take us back to when Rudy Garcia, now there's a name not often associated with uh, unmitigated success in, in, the, in the French game. He's something of a, a, a controversial figure these days, Rudy Garcia, but a decade ago, more now, with a certain Lille side, he swept all before them, going all the way to the title with a swashbuckling, free-scoring, uh, absolutely free brand of attacking football. And um, Andreas is going to tell us where all of that began. Spring 1996, a chilly afternoon at the Avenue du Stade in rural Belgium. Little normally disturbs the tranquility of Bren-le-Compte, but today Pascal Delmoitiers is furious. He's looking at the new pitch laid down for the town's football team, Stade Brenoir. It's smooth and pristine, but suddenly there's an unwanted intruder on the turf. Delmoitiers, who's the club manager, curses to himself as he sees a small boy kicking a ball at the penalty area. That kid will ruin the grass before next week's match, he thinks to himself. He storms across the pitch to give the boy a piece of his mind. But as he approaches the penalty area, Delmoitiers stops. He can't believe what he's seeing. The boy can't be more than five years old, and he's striking the ball with a power and accuracy of a player three times his age, time after time, and he's doing it in bare feet. Delmoitiers asks himself, who on earth is this kid? The frightened boy sees the manager approach, grabs the ball, leaps over a fence and into a house just a few metres away. Delmoitiers has forgotten all about the state of the pitch. He follows the boy and rings the front doorbell. A surprised Thierry Azar opens the door, shakes the hand of Delmoitiers, then turns around to his son. Eden, there's a man here who wants to talk to you. Eleven years later, 2007, Delmoitiers had no trouble persuading the young Eden to play for Stade Brenoir. Now, after a couple of years at regional club Tubiz, Azar is wanted around Europe. At 16, Azar already has everything. Two-footed, brilliant control, passing pace, dribbling ability and that powerful shot developed on the pitches of Bren-le-Compte. Lille aren't the favourites to sign Azar, but they do have an ace up their sleeve. The club is little more than one hour's drive from the Azar family home in French-speaking Bren-le-Compte, and it helps that Azar is a Ligue 1 fan and hero worships Zinedine Zidane. Lille's academy director, Jean-Michel Vandamme, drives to Belgium. He persuades the Azar that the young Eden will easily settle at Lille and have the chance to play with the pros. The Azard family agree, and Lille pull off one of the transfer coups of the century, one that will steer them to a first league title in 57 years. Three years later, July 2010, Lille club owner Michel Seydoux, who is a famed film producer, has big plans for the so-called dog. He knows the Northeast is a football-mad region, but Lille's heyday was in the post-war period when they were twice French champions and won the cup five times. Seydoux is planning a new stadium to replace the 19,000 Stade Lille Metropole. And the club have bought cheaply, but wisely. Fans are warming to coach Rudy Garcia, whose attacking team has finished fifth and fourth in the last two seasons. Seydoux's aim for the new season is to stay in the top five. He's rejected a 12 million euro offer for Hazard from Turkish giants Fenerbahce and transfer requests from Jovino, who's courted by Liverpool, defender Adil Rami and midfielder Johan Kabay. But that means finances are tight. The only permanent arrival is misfiring forward Moussa so, 
on a free transfer from Wren. Some fans doubt so will be the man to make an impact. After all, he's only scored three goals in the previous season. Azar is another matter. Though predecessor Claude Puel hesitated to play the precocious youngster, Garcia knows the Belgian is capable of greatness. Azar debuted for Lille at 16 and a year later became the youngest ever scorer for the club. Garcia is keen to shield Azar and his team. At a July 2010 press conference, he insists that competing with the three favourites in Liga is unrealistic. If we come fourth again, that will be a good season, he tells reporters. Azar is asked about the campaign ahead. Yes, Marseille, Bordeaux and Lyon are the favourites, but why not try to finish above all three? The 21st of November 2010, Stade Lille Metropole. After a poor October that leaves Lille down in eighth, Les Dogs are top of the league for the first time in five years after a 2-1 win against Monaco. Azar is unplayable, skipping past opponents with ease and setting up goals for Ludovic Braniak and Pierre-Alain Fall. November 2010 would be a vital month. Two weeks later, Lille hosts Lorient. A massive dump of snow delays the game for 24 hours, but fans who do brave freezing temperatures are rewarded with a classic. A crazy game, a real battle on a pitch that deteriorated in the second half. Jovino has one of his greatest games in a Lille shirt. So scores a hat-trick, already his second of the season. Lille are on a roll. They win 6-3 at Christmas. It could hardly be closer. Lille a point clear of PSG, Rennes and Lyon with Marseille two further back. For Azar and co, there's all to play for. In early 2011, Garcia turned Lille into a winning machine. His key players are consistent and injury-free. During that memorable season, three featured in every league game. Azar, keeper Mikael Londro and the midfield dynamo and captain Rio Mavuba, a player who overcame childhood tragedy and trauma to reach the top. Remy, Kabay, So, Jovino and Mathieu Debouchy all missed just three league games or fewer that season. So stunned France with an outstanding campaign in front of goal. The Paris-born Senegal international banged in 25 league goals, the highest total in seven seasons. That season, everything clicked. So's haul was more than his four other seasons in league uncombined, a goal every 111 minutes. Ivorian winger Jovino also had the season of his life with 15 vital goals. After winning five matches out of six, Lille travelled to PSG on the 21st of May, knowing the title was theirs for the taking. On a famous night for Le Dog, a stunning strike from Abraniak put Garcia's men on their way. PSG striker Guillaume Wahol equalised just before the break, but then got sent off. So put Lille back ahead, and though PSG grabbed a late equaliser, a point enough to see Lille champions for the first time in 57 years. Lille would win the league by a big eight-point margin, and that wasn't all. Le Dog also beat PSG in the French Cup final to land the double. That successful campaign, a reward for several years of good planning and smart transfers. Azar, who would stay in the north of France for one more season, the X-Factor who turned Lille from contenders to champions. If there's one moment that sums up Azar's impact, it's his goal at Marseille in March. Collecting the ball with his back to goal, the Belgian spins and slams the ball past Steve Mondonda from 35 metres. A breathtaking goal, and that strike was recently voted Lille's goal of the century by fans. A super shot with power, accuracy and verve. A shot honed 15 years earlier on the unsung pitches of small-town Belgium.
Well, I certainly remember um, perhaps the biggest thing about this season for me was was Musa So just being at, in in such irrepressible form from a player, as Andrea said, scored more goals than he scored in his four previous seasons. Um, and always such a talented player. And I think Gervinho was a talented player. Eden Azar was a talented player. Adil Rami certainly was a was a talented footballer as well. And there was something in in this Rudy Garcia way of coaching that we've seen in glimpses um, since then, 12 years ago, 13 years ago now, but that all these talented players were able to express themselves to the very best of their ability. That's, and obviously it sounds, it sounds simple when you, when you say it like that, that of course you need that to win, but that's when real magic can happen. Baptiste, what do you remember ab- about this little side that, that won the double, actually. I remember them beating Paris Saint-Germain in the final of the Cup as well with a, a Ludo Abraniak free kick that, that caught out Gregory Coupe at the, at the Stade de France. I just remember them as being a young, unassuming, quite humble side um, that just got there faster than planned, in a way. I mean, Rudy Garcia had done really well at Le Mans, I think, pl- playing, mm-hmm. getting his teams to play attractive football despite you know, limited financial power and they had to be creative. And he applied the same method to uh, Lille into a club that was, that had taken all the right steps to get there effectively in the way they planned under Claude Puel, uh, developing the Luchin Centre, um, developing, you know, getting ready to develop the stadium. They'd been sensible, they'd been planning for the long term and, and that paid off. And I just want to, uh, you know, I lived in Lille uh, two years before that season for a year and uh and remember seeing you know a 16 17 year old Eden Hazard play and that was I mean you could tell straight away just by his how bright he was on the ball how brave he was on the ball just how exciting a player he was and the fact that they kept him they convinced him to come and and they got him to play a lot with other players that had come through the ranks like Debussy and Yuan Kabai uh I thought that it was just a, a Res- it, it, it was a beautiful recipe. It was difficult not to like them as, as title winners that year. Was that, a, was that a university year for you in Lille back then, Baptiste? That's right. Technically, technically my Erasmus year, despite being a French citizen. So, uh... <laughs> JJ, what about you? What are your memories of this, of this Lille side back in 2011? Yeah, pretty similar to, to Baptiste. I mean, I think the one thing that I would add is there were some really underrated, uh, important elements in that side as well, although it was generally a young one. I remember Mikael Londro being really crucial, like his experience at that point of his career. And I think he was even player of the month at one point towards the end of that season when some of his performances really uh, you know, helped her to make a difference for for Lille. And I'm I'm glad that Baptiste mentioned sort of the work done under Claude Puel as well, because I remember actually seeing Aston Villa against Lille in the old Intertoto Cup, sort of at the beginning of when Lille was starting to become a bit of a force. Very tricky teams come up against even then, uh, you know, so it wasn't a surprise to sort of see them, you know, solidify uh, that that kind of reputation and build on it with some of those players that came through the, the youth academy. So, you know, very <laughs> sort of right at the beginning of my time, pretty much just when I decided to come back uh, to France and, and sort of cover what was going on in Ligan and, and everything that was about to happen with the PSG project. So, uh, you know, a lot of nostalgia for, for, for that period of, uh, of French football as well. And, uh, 
you know, they were just one of those teams where, yeah, I mean, I think I think you guys hit the nail on the head where everything just seemed to click at the right time. You had that right amount of experience, but the right amount of youth as well. The blend was was almost perfect. And obviously we've seen in years gone, uh, you know, more recent years that it's been harder for Lille to, to recreate that. I know they won the title in 2021, but, you know, you look at everything that happened, especially the the ill-fated Marcelo Bielsa stint and, uh, you know, it, it all could have come crumbling down and Lille could have been one of those clubs that we were talking about dwelling in Ligue 2, uh, you know, if Christophe Galtier had not come in and rescued them from their relegation battle. Andreas, just just quickly after, you've been, you've been thrilling us every episode this season with the, taking us back down memory lane to this, to this period. And this period in particular was, was such an amazing time for French football. I mean, obviously, we look back with nostalgia now and you look at the names of the players that made it and the names of the players that were, were big, a player like Eden Hazard, who was just such a, such a remarkable footballer, a real rare talent, but, but what he went on to achieve with Belgium as well. But, but this period from sort of Lyon in 2008, Bordeaux, Marseille, Lille, Montpellier, Paris Saint-Germain, over this period, every year was a new champion in French football. Did it need to be something like that? There's no one giant juggernaut of a club to allow something like Lille to happen, uh, a Lille side that hadn't won the league for, for 50 years to happen? And can it happen again? Can we have another period like that where, where anyone can really win Ligue 1? Well, Ligue 1, you've got to look at it in the same context as, as other big leagues in Europe. When money is concentrated into two or three or even one club, it's very hard for anyone to break through. And that was a period between about, let's say, pre-QSI that the clubs were relatively balanced in terms of their resources. I think at that stage, Leon had the biggest budget. But you're not talking about huge gaps uh, as there are now between PSG and the rest and or the second tier and then the second tier and then the likes of, of Brest, for instance, who are way back in terms of finances. It was an it, There were some great, French players, you know, the generation, uh, that generation born, you know, of about 1990, late 80s coming through. Um, it was, I think it was a very inter- interesting time for Ligue 1. We had, as I think Baptiste just says on the chat, five different winners in five different years. I find that very difficult to see that happening in Ligue 1 or any big league because the titles attract the money, the money attracts the players, and it's this this sort of vicious circle, if you want to call it that, to put it in a negative way. So I don't think we'll see that in France or really in any other league where you get five different winners in, in five years. And, and and Lille, you know, they lost. I, I don't think they were ever going to keep a generational talent in Eden Hazard, but even the other players we talked about, most of them left fairly quickly, didn't they? And and Lille were, were kind of not even top two, top three were within a few years. And so did so did the coach Rudy Garcia as well. And that that he left a well, not a he he left he left a club that wasn't ready to go on with it either. I mean, it's never easy when you lose so many quality players. But it's been a criticism of Rudy Garcia levelled at him um, since then at clubs that he's left as well. Join in the conversation at League One underscore ENG for English on Twitter slash X. And of course, like and subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. (laughs) 